Please turn in your Bibles to the book of John. Book of John. John chapter 10. Anderson. Just checking. Last couple of Sundays, excluding homecoming, of course, I felt led to preach about the relationship the shepherd has with the lambs he has been put in charge of tending. We've learned that at some point in our lives that, that we, each one of us, was the lost lamb. We, we were that, that filthy, wet, cold, frozen with fear lamb in the wilderness lost. We realized the danger that we were in as we called out to the shepherd who had left the 99 and found us. We, we now realize that, that we might not feel like we have a worth, but to the shepherd, we are worth finding. Now, last week we learned that, that Jesus said that he was the door of the sheep. We learned that through tradition, the true shepherd would lie in the door in the, at night and keep the sheep safe from all harm. That the door divided the sheep from a safe place and a place that, that could do them harm. That the door gave protection. That, that by him being the door, he was willing to lie down and die to protect what belonged to him. That's not a bad thing, is it? Absolutely not. Today, today we're going to look and see evidence that a sheep belongs to the true shepherd. Y'all hear me? Today we're going to see evidence whether or not a sheep belongs to the true shepherd. Look at John chapter 10. We're going to start reading in verse 22. John 10 verse 22 says this, and John records, the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Jesus was walking the temple complex in Solomon's colonnade. Then the Jews surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you, and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep, my sheep, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. They what? They what? Say it one more time. They what? Oh. Ricky, you got that, right? Tashana, did you see that? My sheep, what? Follow. Follow me. That's interesting. My sheep, they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sin. 
Father, I pray that you would be with us right now. Help us, Lord, help us to see ourselves. God, please help us to see ourselves. Help us to evaluate who we are. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. John Phillips says this about chapter 10 as a whole. He says, so far in his explanation of the way of life, the Lord has been pointing forward to his death. The key event is emptying the fold of his own sheep and gathering worldwide flock. Beginning in verse 22, where we started this morning, beginning in verse 22, Jesus now focuses his attention on his deity, on being the Son of God, of being equal with God. Now, we didn't read what happens next. We might next week, but we'll see. What, what he just said enraged the Jews, the Jewish authorities. Th this morning, I want, I want you to understand something. What we're seeing taking place is a war, a battle between religion and relationship. It's a battle between religion and righteousness. It's a battle between religion and the Holy Son of God. It's a battle between religion and a right relationship with the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. You see, these people who were uh, attacking Jesus, they had religion. If you did a poll in front of them and said, how many of y'all are going to wind up in heaven one day? Oh, yes, we're Jews. We're Jews. I'm a Southern Baptist. I've been a Baptist nine months before I was born. Hey, listen, I, I, I go to church on Sunday morning. I put on deodorant and clean clothes. And listen, I, I go to church every Sunday morning. I'm a Baptist. I have religion. But you need to understand what Jesus is talking about this. He separates it. He makes them fully understand the difference between their religion and a relationship. Did, did you see that part? And I didn't write on this. Bill, I got this right as I was. Did you see this part? I think it's, let's see. He says, my sheep know my voice, and, and uh, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hands. My Father and I, my, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. You know who he's pointing back to with these Jewish authorities? He's saying, listen, my Father is greater than Abraham because that's who they put their stock in. They wanted to trace their lineage all the way back to Father Abraham. These were some wonderful, fabulous sister to Sue. They were great religious people, but they were lost. Churches are full of them today. I'm saying this, church. Listen, time is growing near. We're running out of time. This game that we're playing with Jesus, this tug of war, this here, there, I'm here now, I'm here not, now I'm here, now I'm not. Listen to me. You better get Jesus. He tells us, listen, he tells you who, who, who his sheep are. Let's see what our scripture tells us this morning. 
Miss Desi, the first thing is really, it's, it's, it's kind of strange because you don't see what we see taking place here very often in Scripture. But John goes into some very, I mean, very, very detail as to where Jesus was and why he was there in, in verse 22. Now, we see a timeline of when this event <coughs> took place. A lot of times when we see an event taking place in Scripture, we have to go to a commentary and see, you know, where, where they've deciphered and when it might have taken place. We actually know this morning. The Feast of Dedication was a celebration of the Jews when they reclaimed the temple from the uh, Syrians in 164 B.C. on December the 14th. Judas Maccabeus, does that name sound familiar? Yeah, the Maccabees. We don't have the Maccabees in our Bible, do we? N no, but it, it's something that took place. When was the time frame that the Maccabees took place? Come on, come on. That's right, that's right, Justin, the intertestimonial period. When was the intertestimonial period in our scripture? The years of silence, but it's between the book of Malachi and Matthew. God was still at work. That's exactly right. Judas Maccabeus reclaimed the temple site and cleansed the temple. This was the eight, the eight, an eight-day festival where the Jews would light lamps in their homes. This lamp lighting helped this festival to gain another name called the Festival of Lights. That's exactly right. We see that this festival was taking place when the events we read took place. John also wants the readers to know that it was wintertime at the time. John wanted us to know the exact location of Jesus when this encounter took place. Jesus was walking in the temple complex in Solomon's colonnade. Now, why, why did we need to know uh, the date and the place of this encounter? Why do you think John led, led us to give us this information? As we look at it, I mean, we have to study to know, but the, the writers of that day, they knew exactly where it was and exactly the reason. It was an open-air public place where everybody could see the encounter. Now listen, I'm going to state it again here in a second, but I want to state it the first time just so you all understand the severity of this. They, they encountered Jesus there. They attacked Jesus there because they wanted everybody to see the public display of what they were going to, they, they wanted Jesus to, to, to flail in front of all the public. Jesus allowed it to take place in open air and public because he wanted to hear the people. He wanted the people to hear his response. They all needed to hear it. They needed to know it. They needed to understand it. And church, listen to me. We need to know it. We need to hear it, and we need to understand this this morning. John Phillips says this. Perhaps the fact that it was the Feast of Dedication commemorating the purging of Jerusalem from Syrian oppression had urged the Jews on, on to force to, uh, for Jesus to declare himself. If he was the Messiah, it would be a good time for him to stop making cryptic statements. If, he claim, if his claims are true, he, he should declare himself and rid the country of the Romans. Solomon Porch being a public place would enable them to force a showdown in the open. Now church, understand, the Jews wanted to publicly denounce him where large crowds could hear him doing so. They thought in their minds that they were finally going to get Jesus on this day. 
Now, what would happen next would catch them off guard and enrage the Jews to the point, Brother Frank, that they wanted to kill him. Everything that takes place now is just enraging the Jews. Why? Because they had religion. You know where their faith was? And their religion. You know where their faith was? And their, them, their singing of, them psalm, of the Psalms. You know where their faith was? And being dedicated to the dedicated days and the festivals in the temple. That, that's where their, their, their dedication was. That's what their religion was. They, listen, they had a head knowledge of who God was, but they did not have a heart knowledge of who God ever could be. That's a dangerous place to be. We now see the question from the Jews. Understand, God's chosen people from the seed of Abraham. Brother Frank, this is their question. God's people, Bill, this is their question. Y'all ready? Here, here's the question. The Jews surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Tell, tell us plainly. Do, do you realize that this is the same question that the world is asking today? After 2,000 years of the church thriving, over 2,000 years this church has been thriving. I said this this past week in, in Wednesday. Listen, it's a miracle from God that we have a copy of God's Word in our hand, that it made it through the Roman the era of, of, of what they did and how they were trying to just eradicate Christianity and the Word of God. It is a miracle that we have this. A miracle. But after over 2,000 years of the Bible being here on earth, after the Bible being the number one seller of all time, after Jesus has revealed himself worldwide for centuries, after he has healed the sick and saved the reprobate like me, the world is still asking, Jesus, are you the Messiah? Tell me plainly. Does that not just blow your mind? How could a cult last and thrive as long as it has? Because that's what we were considering that day, a cult. Apart from the power of God, we've been gone. Listen, I, I know that, that Jesus is real on so many levels, but the, the, how I know he's, he's, he's alive in me. Now we need to focus on verse 25 as Jesus responds to their question. Verse 25 says this, I did tell you. I did tell you. And you don't believe, Jesus said to them. The works that I do, I do in my Father's name. Testify about me. Jesus had told them who he was just as he had told the woman at the well. Now, we can agree that Jesus did avoid what Phillips calls a politically loaded word, which was the Messiah. He did. He, he avoided it. Uh, Y'all remember that he had healed several people in the book of Matthew, and, and they said, you, you are the Son of God. And he said, shh, shh, shh. It wasn't his time. 
He avoided the politically word Messiah. But, but we just like the Jews cannot overlook the proof that he was the Messiah without them telling plainly as they were asking. Church, they had evidence of his works. They had evidence of his words, and they had evidence of his love. So does the world today, and yet they are still asking the same question of Jesus. Listen to me. America's in trouble. America's in trouble. Look how, why, why do you say Amer America's in trouble? Get in your car and do something that they used to do on Sundays. Go for a Sunday drive. You pick the road. I don't care what road you get. Bob, you pick the road. Mary Beth's driving, all right? Just drive. And as you drive, let me tell you why America's in trouble. Because you pass this church and Second Baptist Church and Corinth Baptist Church and you pass Second Presbyterian and you pass the, the Church of Zion, prophetic, so and so. You, you pass the, the Methodist Church. You, pass, you, you can't count all the churches. You can't. You cannot. You, listen, you can go and knock on a church door any time of the week, and somebody there, there there's usually a pastor in the office. I, listen, just in case y'all don't know, I'm here Monday through Thursday until about 3.30, 4 o'clock, every, every day of the week. And a lot of times, Becky, I, I'm here on Fridays, right? Sometimes Saturdays. Well, what are you saying, Brother Kyle? You can come anytime. I've got this thing in my pocket called a cell phone. Just like y'all do. And if you need me, you call me and I can be here. Or I can schedule you an appointment to be here. Brother Kyle, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. In America, you're not going to have an excuse for not knowing the lamb. I mean, for not knowing the, the shepherd. You're not. You, you, you have the opportunity, unlike many other countries, to possess, hold, love, read, and cherish the everlasting word of God. Amen. You have that opportunity. There are a lot of countries that do not. You can't have a copy, and if you're found with a copy, they will jail you or kill you. But you have a copy. America's in trouble. We really are. There's not anybody in America who should not understand that Jesus is the good shepherd. I'm afraid one of the downfalls of America, of living in America, it and the Word of God, the Word, the word of God is always, it's, it's, it's never going to change. It's not the Son of God. The Son of God's never going to change. The, the, the Father God, God, Father God's never going to change. The Holy Spirit's never going to change. You know one of the greatest downfalls for the lost person in America is to find Jesus? The Christian isn't who he should be. We, we aren't who we should be. We aren't who we were called to be. Uh, understand, I've said this before, I want to say it again. God didn't save you to come here and just sit down in the air conditioner on Sunday morning. God saved you to make you dangerous to the enemy, Satan. That is your job. When your feet hit the floor every single morning, the demons in the hell ought to be rattled on their chains because you're awake and alive and ready to serve. Every single day. Jesus does finally tell the Jews something very plainly as they're asking in verse 26. He, he's plain with them. They wanted it plain and simple. 
He says this, but you don't believe because you're not my sheep. You're not my sheep. You, you see, when you belong to Jesus and you are his sheep, there's things that you didn't do that you wouldn't do, you couldn't do, now you want to do. Why? Because you belong to the shepherd. You want to be with him. Why? Because he is leading, guiding, and directing. He is your shepherd. And apart from him, you're lost. You're lost. You want to stay with him. Why? So he can protect you at all times. He's playing with them. Mr. Taylor, he says, you cannot believe. You do not believe because you're not my sheep. You're not my sheep. Do you realize that Jesus is speaking uh, to leading Jewish authorities, right? They're, they're religious. They knew all about the Old Testament scriptures. They kept the Sabbath. They didn't eat foods that were, were off limits to, in Levitical laws. They sacrificed in the temple and, and celebrated all the festivals. They thought they were pleasing unto God, yet, yet they were not his sheep. Brother Glenn, could Jesus have been any plainer? You're not my sheep. That's why you can't believe. Church, a true sheep wants to be closer to the shepherd. He wants more, not less. As the pastor of this church, as I read through this scripture and it penetrated my heart, it, 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 it worries me. It does. Do you hear me? It, it worries me. You know why? The average Christian, this church included, you're satisfied with doing as little as you possibly can for Jesus, and you're okay with it. You're okay. It concerns me that you think that you're sheep and the offering plate comes by and you don't put anything in it. You, ain't put any, you hadn't put anything in it for I don't know how long when you know 10% belongs to God. You're okay with it. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother you a bit. It, it concerns me that this church, and I didn't start this. Don't get mad at me for preaching. I, this is Brother Frank. Y'all did this before I got here. All right? I, I'm just, I, I, I fell along right in it because I've always gone done it myself. We have services tonight. Sunday night service. And it concerns me as your pastor that y'all don't care to be here. I, I, well, you know, I went two weeks ago. Why do I have to go now? It, what we preach on Sunday night is different from what we preach on Sunday morning. We, we get into the Word on Sunday night and we divide. We study a book of the Bible. We break it down to totally understand it. Why do we do that? Because we want to understand what the Word of God says. We want a closer relationship with the shepherd. 
uh, I got enough for this morning. I'm good. Now, again, I, Brother Frank, I didn't do this. Y'all did this. This happened before I got here. This is crazy because, li listen, li listen, crazy. I, I talk to pastors all over the way. You know, you know, well, we don't have Wednesday night. We just have a, a cell group uh, study at, at, in home. And we, we, we still have Wednesday night study. We, we go even deeper on Wednesday night. Most of y'all don't know this, but since I've been your pastor, it'll be 12 years in December. We've only done three studies that's how deep we're going. That's how in-depth where we go on Wednesday nights. We've done Journey Through the Bible, Life of Christ, and we're coming to the end of Life of Paul, finally. It concerns me that the majority of the church, Chevis Oaks Baptist Church, does not care to have a closer walk with the shepherd. I got enough. I'm afraid that many of you have just as much as the Jewish authorities that are standing in front of Jesus. You've got what you think is enough. What did Jesus tell them? Not, it's not enough. Can I tell you something else that concerns me? We are called, Christians are called to go and tell the world about who Jesus Christ is. Tell the world about how he changed us and, test, uh, and, and, and changed our lives. God set this church right here in this community for a reason, that we might be a lighthouse to the people in this community. Hey, Becky, when's care this month? Tomorrow? Amazing. That's crazy, isn't it? Tomorrow night. CARE stands for Christians, Actively reaching everyone for one hour. That's it. One hour. Y'all already got plans. You've already got plans. It, it, it concerns me that it, it doesn't concern you to try to reach out to the world. I, I can't, I, Bill, I cannot make it any easier than that. Come once a month for one hour, we're going to show the love of Jesus to our community. Brother Kyle, that's, listen, that's 7 o'clock. That's when Wheel of Fortune comes on, man. Right after is Jeopardy. I ain't missing Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. What is it that means more to you than the shepherd? I, I just don't get it. I mean, if you belong to him and he belongs to you, is there anything that should belong? Well, listen, Brother Kyle, you don't have to come to church. You don't have to, you don't have to come to church to, to be in love with the shepherd. No, but you ought to want to. If God led you here, you ought to want to be here, right? Jesus then qualifies who his sheep are, seen in verse 27 and 29 through 29. A sheep that belongs to the true shepherd can hear his voice. He knows you, and the sheep wants to follow the shepherd. Church, a true sheep wants a close, to be closer to the shepherd. He wants more and more and more. Now, listen to me. If you're a real sheep, if Jesus is your shepherd, it gets better. If, that's a big if, 
Look at verse 28. Verse 28 says this. I give them eternal life, and, I'll, and, and they will never perish, ever. No one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, my Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. Greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. You know, I get picked on from time to time for, oh, you believe in that eternal security stuff? You, you, you believe that once saved, always saved? I, I told y'all I've got some Nazarene friends that, that they, they get saved two or three times a day. I don't know how that, they have to keep the baptism water filled up. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Did you hear? I, I didn't say this. Rick, Jesus said this. You can't steal them from him. If God gave them to me in their mind, they have eternal security. What's given to me can't be taken from me. They can't be taken out of my hand. That's pretty good, isn't it? A real sheep can bank on that. Now, how does Jesus have the power to do what he's telling these men he can do? Look at verse 30. The Father and I are one. That's how he does it. The Father and I are one. Do you know what Jesus just did in front of the leading Jewish leaders just then? He made himself equal to God. Do you know how he can do that, Dan? Because he is. Because he is. Church, listen to me. Do your actions, do your actions prove that you belong to Jesus? Is he your shepherd? Understand that he can be right now if you'll only trust him today. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, I pray that you would be with us during this time of invitation. My words are little right now, Lord, during this invitation. I just invite you to come. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Let your spirit move through this auditorium, Lord. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come?